0: Because the immune system does actually react in somewhat of a typical manner when there a person has been overexposed to mold. And, and those inflammatory markers are semi-specific for mold.
1: Welcome to the HGW podcast, where your hosts, Zoe Sakutis and Erica Huss, founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled, and sold, and now
2: we're moving on. We put down the juicer and picked up the mic to start a conversation. We'll bring you behind the scenes information on leading brands and emerging ideas in this rapidly evolving world of wellness.
1: Every Wednesday, we chat with experts or entrepreneurs who help us cut through the noise and bring you information you can actually use. No shaming,
2: no guilt, just the cold pressed truth about real ways you can feel better, mentally, physically, and emotionally.
1: And bonus, we even share our often humiliating personal experiences, all in the name of your wellness journey.
2: Clinical studies have shown that writing five-star reviews improves mood and circulation. So if you like what you hear, give us some love and share with a friend.
1: Often irreverent and occasionally intuitive, consider us your navigators on the bumpy highway to well.
2: Hi, Erica. Hi, Zoe. How are you? Uh, cold and damp if you'd like to know the truth cold and damp mm. Mm, I
1: see where you're going see with where this I'm going with us?
2: <laughs> it's, but in truth it is a disgusting day outside it is and it's, it's raining quite cold and damp
1: yeah it's on it's this is day two of what looks like uh I think it looks like it's gonna be about 10 days straight of rain in NYC amazing for everybody's mood in the month of June I mean I think You know, I I need to have a conversation with myself about how to turn my frown upside down about this rain because it's not going anywhere anytime soon.
2: Let's look at it this way. It's a good opportunity to get stuff done as opposed to like wanting to sit outside and drink rosé.
1: Right. Which never happens. Never. Never happens. And it's a good time. Yeah. It's a good opportunity to watch just a lot of content. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the indoor activities. What's another positive? Give me another positive. Rainbows. Um, The garden will grow. The garden. You don't have to water your plants. So that task is taken care of. What else? I mean, rain is good for a lot of things. Oh, here's a big one that I like to think about. Rain is good if you haven't washed your hair and do not feel (laughs) like washing your hair, and therefore can keep on your cute rain
2: hat, keep it on all day long. Just, oh, I see what you're going. So, I thought you were saying like the rainwater will help your hair stay clean, which is definitely not the case. No, that's gross.
1: I don't recommend you like <laughs> ditch the umbrella and just go outside to wash your hair. Um, <laughs> shower and ra- no, in rain. No, I'm saying like it's just a good excuse
2: to like hide. It's your, a hat
1: day. You're dirty. Call it a hat. Call it a cute hat day. Cute hat day. I like it
2: because I like a hat. Yeah. Um, I like a hat too. I just don't have to have any good hats there for this time of year. few
1: opportunities to wear them. Yeah. So rain is one of them. All
2: right, good. See what good. we just did there? Oh my
1: God, we just turned it all so positive. around. Positive. Okay, now back to the damp part. (laughs) So, one thing that does not go away too easily in the damp, just like rain, correct? This rain, this incessant rain, is mold. 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 Yeah, it's gross. It's mostly gross. There's a little bit of it that's okay. There's a little bit of that's helpful, maybe okay, like the good stuff on like cheese and well, even yeah. that's debatable. But it, it's a good thing no one's looking to us for our expertise. <laughs> no, we just sort of <laughs> throw shit at the wall. But um, that's, this is why we talk to experts. Okay, so we talk to Dr. Mo,
2: Dr. Mo, Dr. Dr. Call, Morrison, Dr.
1: Morrison. We like to call him Dr. Mo, and you could say that Dr. Mo put the Mo in mold.
2: For Except this conversation. Sounds, okay. For this conversation. For this say, conversation. It's not
1: really a good look for Dr. Morrison. No, because he's an expert in pretty much all things, but this is um he's a functional medicine doctor. Right.
2: So he has treated people with mold toxicity, for example, which is gnarly, as
1: we learn. Oh, it's not a small thing. No, it's not a small thing. It causes thing. a lot of problems and oftentimes like people don't understand that a lot of their problems are coming from exposure to mold.
2: Right. It's one of those things that like as we learned, it presents in ways that you would not expect. So it's very hard to actually pinpoint.
1: Yeah, it's a tricky one. But he helps us sort of, you know, peel back a few layers and understand how to approach it and how to identify it. And then once you've
2: identified it, what to do about it. Yeah. And the good news is that there are things you can do quite easily. So let's let the good doctor take it away. Mo, Mo. Dr. Morrison, welcome back. We're so happy to have you Yay. again.
0: Thank you for having me. It's yeah. It just seems like yesterday. It does. It kind Gosh. of was. Not really. It's like we're all aging
2: backwards. Well, with Dr. Morrison's <laughs> daily collagen, you <laughs> too can. not No, thank you for bringing gifts. This, this is, is so cool. Really good, yeah. Type One scoop a day. One scoop a day. Daily
1: collagen like... blend, daily dietary supplement. It's type 1 and type 2 collagen support, which means that it's also good for your joints.
2: Bonus. But I actually think that's really helpful because collagen is such like a catch-all word, and people, I think, don't understand that like it's not all serving the same function. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, most uh, collagen comes from bone broths, and that's good. It does help with this connective tissue, but this one is, the type 2 collagen is really good for the joints. Okay. Mm. My mother-in-law loves me because of this.
2: Really? That's the only reason?
0: I'm trying to get into good graces. It's, it's not easy. It's
1: not easy. They're tough in those. But wait, so collagen like it, that's found in bone broth is not good for the joints?
0: It is. And there is type 2 collagen, but it's just not nearly the level that's in here. Okay. So it's Super is
2: concentrated. Concentrated. Okay. That's exciting. So that one is good for gut health, right? The bone broth collagen.
0: Yeah, gut health. And then also whatever other connective tissue issue. Okay. So it does help with skin, wrinkles, fine lines. Cool. Bones. Yeah.
2: Bone Definitely bones, Definitely good for
0: the bones.
1: There you go. Bone broth. Get bone it. broth
0: is good mm. for the bones.
1: Um, uh, often overlooked. But we're not here to talk about bone we're broth. We're not. What are we here to talk about? Or collagen. Although I could talk about those two things also <laughs> all day. We are here today to talk about a little thing called mold. Mmm. Yum. Oh, it's a problem. Mm problem it is a problem
0: it's very exciting actually it's, is it so, we're gonna have we're a fun <laughs> right. talk
1: he can't see but he just sort of like <laughs> put his hands on his he went for like, tips, the power like, pose i am ready
0: <laughs> do this because <laughs> you got to be happy about this because a lot of people are getting affected by mold yeah yeah
2: well and it kind of is like a it's i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say it's a silent killer but it's a silent uh enemy right like you don't it's, it's, hard, it's hard to detect to point your
0: to point well, of to it's to, our friend it's and it's our enemy right it's, sometimes it's, it's a, delicious in yogurt, yeah, and cheese. And, cheese, cheese, and beer, and chocolate, and mushrooms. Oh my gosh! See, right? there's happiness with m- mold, but mm-hmm. if it's out of balance or too much, we're here to talk about the bad mold. Yeah, okay. Well, we can talk about good mold. We're going to talk
1: about the good mold. Yeah, today. yeah, because we have to make the distinction between the two. All right. Well, where should we start? What can you?
0: Well, let's start at the beginning. I mean, uh, I will just say because uh, I I'd always like to. Uh, preface these types of talks with a little bit of history lesson because uh, this didn't just pop out of nowhere. You know, it, Literally, for those people that are listening that are Bible readers, this has been written about from all the way back in the day. Uh, and the rabbis have written about how to remediate a person's abode that has been afflicted by this black scourge. Wow. Which, and they were talking about uh, Stachybatris even 5,000 years ago. Or when, about,
1: I'm sorry. They're talking about who? Stachybotrys.
0: Oh, the black mold, the dangerous one.
1: Right, yeah. The
0: one that kills people. But
1: The technical name is Stachy.
0: Stachybotrys.
2: That's oh, a, kind, of, it's an kind awesome, of a cute name, yeah. I know. It's like a band
1: name. Yeah. <laughs> Stachybotrys. Okay, so that's the dreaded black mold. That okay. is the
0: dreaded one. Yeah. Yep. But then uh, it's really in recent history where it's really affected people in the United States. It's been after World War II. You know, this is also pertinent to what happened with plastics. After World War II, basically, with plastics, it was basically industrialization of plastic. Mm-hmm. With mold, it was changing building practices from plaster, stone, and brick to drywall. Mm-hmm. And drywall became basically the perfect Petri dish for mold. Uh, the gypsum that's uh, in between those uh, paper, is it dries very slowly once it gets wet, and then it like mold loves to. Right. So it's not there. actually
2: dry wall at all.
0: If, if it gets wet, it's definitely it's not going to be damp dry. Damp wall. It's
1: really hard to dry that once it's wet.
0: And this is where everybody's been getting into so much trouble, especially in like humid areas, you know, like after hurricanes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So after World War II, changed to building practices. And then in the 1970s was the next great evolution of worsening our home environment for our health but made it better for mold growth and that's because of the in the 70s we had like this big oil crisis and we were trying to figure out ways to save oil and heat mm-hmm. and more insulation when we started adding more insulation into homes oh. then that even made it more difficult for out basically drying out wet damp places
2: Ugh. is it because we were because things were being put together too tightly too tightly too tightly so it's not about no ventilation so
0: no ventilation okay in the night in new york city this is like a a big problem i i I can't tell you how many patients are coming to see me with post 1970 construction buildings where they can't even open their windows like their only external ventilation is through their air conditioning unit which sometimes don't even work and it's just Mm -hmm. like the vent
1: and then you have like dirty vents and all the other yeah
0: Yep. And then now a lot of hotels are making their buildings so that you can't open up the windows. You know, it's that little piece of strip that you can just pop up.
1: Right. The high rises. Is that because they don't want people to jump? Is that I think what that it is?
0: Why? Well, it's that and saving energy on uh heating oh, and they're, ventilation. They're like, right, oh, HVAC right. costs.
1: Yeah. They're gonna control it. Not so
0: <laughs> they totally got it down. And yes, it does help uh decrease cost of air conditioning, but If there's any moisture that gets into the bathroom or the kitchen or behind the counter, that's where mold is going to just within three to five days, it's going to start taking hold. Wow, that fast? That fast. And so that's why whoever's listening in really has to pay attention because it is something that can be corrected. Just a person has to be aware of where the leaks are coming from Mm -hmm. and then act quickly.
2: And how? Yeah, go ahead.
0: I mean, because we've all had floods in our... Hasn't, haven't we had, a, I've had a flood in my kitchen. Oh yeah, kitchen. listen,
1: I just, yeah. oh, the, yeah, I have. the house that we bought, there was a flood in the basement. The previous owner had, you know, multiple floods in the basement and try, totally tried to lie about it. I was like, I'm um, pretty sure I see a big old ring of water yeah. here. But yeah, we had to literally
2: dig out the wall. I mean, we, we really had to get underneath that. And I'm sure we didn't even solve the problem. I yeah. know, this is making yeah. me nervous because yeah. there's the same spot in my kitchen that Wait. for some reason is not it leaks every wind. yeah yeah that's true um here's a dumb question is
1: mold its own kingdom or is it part of is it is it fungi or is it bacteria
2: or is it its own thing
0: it's a great qu- fungi it is fungi it's totally okay. its own kingdom
2: yeah it is part of the fun- part of the they, fungi kingdom it's not separate from
0: the they fungi rule they do kingdom. rule yeah there's a lot going on man in against kingdom.
1: fungi fungi's gonna win <laughs>
0: the amazing thing about fungus is they decompose things right yes totally if it wasn't for except for plastic
2: And now here we go again. Right. (laughs) Although, (laughs) didn't we learn about some some mushroom that can actually digest plastic? I think that's probably in beta. Uh, (laughs) We're going to
1: wait and see on that. But anyway, so going back to this history lesson, insulation and everything else, I guess it's probably also, speaking of hotels and high-rises, it's probably also… larger problem in like condos and like bigger buildings right
0: absolutely one
1: unit has it it's going to spread to the next
0: well certainly that's what what we face in new york city but also people all across the country are being are moving into rapidly built you know homes Mm -hmm. they're all going up extremely quickly our buildings are going up in the city those homes are going up quickly in the uh, rural or suburban communities and it's just because our building practice has evolved, but it's still drywall, still a lot of insulation. And then, and that's why I actually think that one of the regulations for when there's ever a, uh, a renovation in an apartment building in New York City, it's good that the, there has to be checks and balances mm-hmm. with the plumbing to make sure that all the faucets are working and the mm-hmm. valves are shutting off the way they're supposed to because the leak is terrible. Okay,
1: so why when you buy a home or you're moving into a new... I guess yeah. It's usually just with purchase. It's not really with rental, but inspector you know, you have to have an inspector come right. in. You question. have sort of like this environmental lens, hopefully, that you're looking through. Why isn't that required? I mean, why isn't
2: mold just like... Well, that on was my question too. Is like how how is it like inspector's. how are we enforcing and making sure ahead of time? To your point about checks and balances, like. Is there a test that we have to actually request as a consumer, or do we assume that this is being done as part of an inspection, at least if we're talking about a purchase?
0: Okay, now this is part three. Okay. So there is a rule about this. Mm -hmm. If a person discovers that there's been mold damage in their home, they are legally required to report it to the next people Mm -hmm. that move in. Mm. If they know about it, if they know about it, right? And, that's and a caveat: m- m- from number one, most people don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think people are being malicious. Number two, the testing techniques are not great. There's a couple of things that need to be done in order for a test to be positive. So some companies go in and they just do air samples. Mm-hmm. That's not where mold lives. And if they, if air is uh, contaminated because of an HVAC system. If the HVAC system is turned off, whatever mold spores that are in the air will just basically settle on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so air samples are not great, but it could be part of uh, somebody's environmental testing technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that people can do in their own home, but re- keep in mind, once you find out you have mold, you got to figure out where it is and remediate it because then you got to report it to the next people that purchase. So there are home mold test kits. Mm. That you basic that are basically petri dishes that play are placed on the floor in the area of the home that's suspected. So like in the kitchen or the bathroom,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then uh, and they're not perfect because the spores have to get into that petri right. dish. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, if it's not a damp day or if it's an off day, you know, the, you only keep it out for a couple hours. Right. Number three, there's something called an ermie test, which is how do you spell that? E R. M-I. Okay. In uh, Environmental Relative Mold Index. Okay. And there's a company called Mycometrics. That's usually where we recommend people get that test. Basically, you're vacuuming up and then sending that vacuum sample into the company, and then they'll test to see what's in it. It's more sensitive. Mm -hmm. And then finally, there are now more and more certified mold inspectors that are Really, doing all aspects. They're checking the air. They're checking the floor. They're checking the dust. They're check, and then they also know how to check behind walls if they are suspicious. And th- there's a number of companies in New York City that do this, like uh, Micro Ecologies, or there's a guy named Olmstead that does it.
2: Mm, I've heard of that one. Yeah.
0: And then the most recent guy, Corey Levy, with We Check Mold or something like that. <laughs> so you we know, like mold. the actual
2: <laughs> mold guys. Yeah. You guys we like, become, you you
0: guys like, we like, just like, go out and drink uh, <laughs> beer and eat yogurt.
2: <laughs> we just had beer and a cheese plate. Okay, <laughs> so now, <laughs> let's, so, yeah, so yeah. let's take it back and take it into your practice. What's happening that is, the, what are people coming in with? And then what is the process by which you, as the doctor, say, hmm, well, it's not these things, so it must be more, like, how does this work?
0: Yeah, the, so these symptoms are the great imitators. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. People are, they know something's wrong. They don't know what. So the symptoms could be anything from like chronic fatigue to fibromyalgia, like again, like in that category. So
1: like a more immune compromised.
0: It's uh, going to be, yes, it is definitely absolutely an immune related issue. So we're talking inflammation. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is where the inflammation affecting the person? And it could be anywhere in the body. It's not like in just in one spot. So yeah. there's definitely people that have chronic sinusitis. Almost like three quarters of them are chronic mold issues. Mm. People that have asthma, probably a quarter of them are chronic mold exposure issues. Right, wow. especially
1: if they were exposed while they were little. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're just as much as there's good exposures when you're little, like hygiene day. hypothesis. <laughs> you know, right, right. It's a good part to it. There it also can be a bad part too. Uh, and then, uh, so people can have irritability or difficulty concentrating and brain fog. Uh, achiness, like oh a lot God. of symptoms overlap with uh, Lyme disease. I was
2: about to say, okay, yeah. yeah.
0: And then chronic viral infections like Epstein-Barr virus. People can get rashes. They can get chronic digestive issues. It's, it's lots of symptoms.
2: So, yeah. so how high up on the list of your potential diagnoses is mold? Like is this one of the first things you check for or is this often one of the last things?
0: We're still getting mystified and uh, surprised when people— have mold because their patients don't know so we number one we try to do a really detailed history to figure out what symptoms and oftentimes when they're coming up with all of those symptoms Mm -hmm. fatigue difficulty concentrating irritability poor focus brain fog digestive issues uh rashes histamine that sounds like
1: mercury too well it also sounds like exactly and it also sounds like you know poor gut health right you know so it's
0: it is yes you it's this is uh the This is uh, the challenge. So, then how do we not? How do we sort of focus down? So, uh, we get a crystal ball and we kind of put our hands over it. (laughs) Yeah, no, but we do. (laughs) Oracle,
1: magic eight ball. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) but truthfully, there are blood. So, we try to get try to figure it out based on. Okay, did you get any tick bites? No, great. Do is it? Do you feel better when you're not at home? That's usually a good clue,
2: right, so it's like the inverse of allergies, yeah. basically, people who are feel better when they're home means they have like seasonal pollen allergies yeah. or whatever well if okay, they feel so better here, when they're out of
0: home
1: on yeah. that no, there is a little confusion there too, right so mold exists obviously inside, but it also exists outside of the yep. home, so again, anywhere where there is the big damp, you're gonna find mold, so like freshly cut grass, you will find mold there. So when people have, so talking about confusing things, so when people say like, oh, I'm I'm just allergic to grass, you know, like people who are like, oh, I don't have seasonal allergies. I'm just allergic, you know, 12 months out of the year because I'm allergic to grass. Are they really allergic to grass or are they allergic to like the mold in the grass.
0: So, okay, so good so, point. A
1: few questions there. But yes. Yeah, so first being internal, you know, inside your house versus outside of
0: your house. And and also to, to that point about allergy, there's three things that people are rea- reacting to when it comes to mold. One is the mold pollen, which is the typical reaction. That's like the environmental pollen allergy. Mm-hmm. Number two is the mold toxin. That's the one that uh, Stachybotrys has gotten the name for <laughs> being like the killer mold, but so has aspergillus and penicillium and cladosporium. They literally produce toxins as a defense against other molds. The most famous mold for this toxin is penicillium, Mm -hmm. which gave us penicillin. Right. Uh, And then uh, the third one is mold fragments. I know that sounds like it. doesn't sound good. It's basically uh, (laughs) microscopic, like literally 100 times smaller than bacteria elements of mold hyphae that get aerosolized and then they are extremely inflammatory Mm. for people Uh, and where and where does that come from and that's just coming from the same place of like mold uh, water damage
1: okay
0: So, so there's indoor molds and there's outdoor molds like you were suggesting and the indoor molds the way that we can figure out if a person has it oftentimes is if they feel better outside of their home because there are just very specific ones that go in the home. Uh, and then there are blood tests that we can try to do that might help to give us a clue. So there are blood tests to look for mold allergy. That's I-G-E allergy, just like pollen allergy. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, doing these tests at home to see if there's anything that's been collected. Like if they have if we can find mold on an ERMI test or on a uh, home mold test or have an environmental specter come in. And then also there's blood tests that are indirect measures because the immune system does actually react in somewhat of a typical manner when there a person has been overexposed to mold. And and those inflammatory markers are semi-specific for mold. I mean we can get we can get it down to pretty close science.
2: Mm-hmm. I need to have the test like Immediately, <laughs> I was going to say all of these companies, the ER, MRI, and so They should just like they should just join forces with the hypochondriacs of America.
1: <laughs> yeah. make, like a whole other side. Business. I would like to be on the board. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, why wouldn't you just go right to the blood test? I mean, well, for many reasons. I'm going to answer my own question, but
0: no. I mean, wh- you do, if if but also you know when people are coming into a typical doctor's office with these symptoms and it's only like 10 or 15 minutes you know it's like okay take an antihistamine see if it gets better or you know treating symptoms and then when those symptoms are not getting better after six months 12 months 18 months then start got to look deeper I mean just cannot live with that
1: okay here's a question so I've never had seasonal allergies in my life until I was um, I don't know it was probably about 10 years ago yeah, because it was right when I got my dog, oddly. Mm. I'm not allergic to my dog, but it, I use the, that as like a marker in my mind. So I have seasonal allergies that occur, you know, later in life. And it's like a light switch. It's the sort of ragweed, the month of like May and June on the East Coast. Does that have anything to do with mold? And how do we explain people who, and I'm going a little off topic here because I just selfishly want to know the just answer want to diagnosis. This. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just want to take advantage of the fact that you're sitting in front of me. Yeah. But what is the what is the explanation behind uh, that when you've never developing had, new
2: allergies when you've never
1: had excuse me seasonal allergies in your entire life and then suddenly as an adult
2: or oh, wow. like a I, never, I, I was not allergic to pets as a child and once I had when I didn't have cats anymore I became allergic to them so where does that come from Yeah that,
0: I mean I think we can theorize about that I don't know that anybody actually has the answer because yeah. we're we're actually baffled by why people are starting to get type one diabetes as adults when that never happened before, but now it's almost like becoming a thing. So to that same point, how is the immune system getting uh, activated and irritated when everything was when fine? It used to be immune. So that is probably a culmination of a couple of different things that are happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Stresses. So it could be, there might be a mild food sensitivity, and then there might be like an exposure, and then there's some kind of stress.
1: Mm-hmm. That was the, also right when I moved in with my husband. <laughs> My now husband. Just kidding. I'm not kidding. Well, <laughs> <Maybe> not. <laughs> who knows what the stress is? But I, 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 you know,
0: something, some, some kind of strange stress. Right. So uh, it's
1: a puzzle. So yeah, it's basically
0: just because like, the, honestly, well, of course, everybody's talking about the microbiome right now, and yeah, that's really interesting, and it, we're learning a lot about that. And most recently, Kelly Brogan wrote an article about finding microbiome in the brain. There's actually bacteria in the brain that mm. the researchers are finding. But to this point. What I think is interesting and is not being talked about is the role of the immune system and the nervous system. So, and that means like how does stress dysregulate Mm -hmm. the inflammatory response? And there's a real connection there too.
2: Yeah, we've spent some time talking about like the mind-gut connection in general, which as we've learned as well, like so much of the immune system is based in the gut that, and, and we learned there was that visual of like at one point, your brain and your gut were part of the same cell, and then they split. So it kind like of makes, the same tissue, when right? You're the same in tissue, embryo, yeah.
0: But I'm going to take that one step further, and what I'm talking about is post-traumatic stress. Oh, okay. So this is like people that have had some kind of really traumatic event that's happened previously in their previously in their lives. You know, the typical uh, warrior on the battlefield type of thing, but it also happens to to us from events that we may have put out of our mind, like. If the obvious ones are, like, physical or emotional abuse, but it could have been, like, seeing somebody getting injured or something that rattles the nervous system. Right. And then that sticks with us as an alarm response. Wow. And then m- exposure to mold is re- somehow reactivates that alarm response and then dysregulates the nervous system and immune system. And so— so when the that nervous just, like, system is mind.
1: yeah, I mean again. <laughs> when the nervous system is impacted by whatever the let's call it trauma,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And then That's it's trigger. sort of yeah, I mean it's talking to the immune system.
0: It is and, and it, saying hey, and, the, we're and it in does trouble. it because the nervous system in post-traumatic stress is basically in the old brain, so it becomes an instinct. Just like in you only touch a fire once and realize you're going to get burned, yeah. and then your body will not allow you to do it subconsciously, you don't have to think about it. Right. That's what post-traumatic stress is. It actually looks as an event like getting burned again. And, but it doesn't have to be with fire. It can be with something that then gets associated with a mold exposure or chemicals or hearing loud noises or whatever that then sends the signal to the old brain to go into fight or flight. That's insane. So we're literally talking about like an out of control fight or flight response. And that's why a lot of these people with mold issues are always in like anxiety, can't sleep, uh, can't calm down. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the chronic mold patients, the ones that have been exposed, but then they can literally smell mold in the corner of their neighbor's apartment. It's oh like, God. wow. So sensitive.
2: So, okay. So, what, once you actually are able to identify it, what steps do you take to? address the issue for, I mean, I, I know you have to actually address the environmental issues separately. You do your test and then you have it reversed and cleaned up, however, but how do you get rid of it in your body? To detoxify the.
0: the so you got, yeah, just like before it's uh, eliminate source of exposure, you got that done. Uh, so physically what we're trying to do is helping with the immune response. So the allergy part. So that's like either antihistamines either supplements like quercetin or nettles but there's also pres- you know over the counter antihistamines like zyrtec benadryl that's like first level mm-hmm. of course be on the right diet you got to be on an antihistamine low histamine diet so what's uh, a low
2: histamine yeah, diet can you explain that because there's some overlap with like low inflammation but not
0: all right a little bit so the the foods that are like the big histamine inducers are uh, dried meats and dried fruit. More than one or two day old fish has a lot of histamine.
2: Also, some other shit. Like no one should be eating one or two day old fish. I mean, well, more than two day old. But no, I mean, there's an argument that it actually, if you let it
1: sit, that is more. And the same thing with dried beef, right? Like yep. aged beef. Mm-hmm. It, when once it, you don't see it once it hits your table, but it has mold around it, right? Right. So aged. Well, that and then they cut it off, and it, and it
0: literally there's it. histamines that are created in the food.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It gets in there. Oh, wait, so what else is on the the histamine? Uh,
0: and then like beer and wine. Beer and wine. Because of yeast, et cetera. Uh, sugar. Oranges, apparently. Yeah. Because oranges. of the sugar
1: or, or, or just how just they're histamine grown? histamine inducers. Okay.
0: I don't think it's because of how it's grown. I think it's just that. But not other citrus? Citrus. Well, lemons and limes, but to a lesser extent. Huh. I'm not entirely exactly sure what the mechanism is, but for some people that are histamine sensitive, they'll be sensitive to citrus. Interesting. Okay. Like, what about cheese? Of course, yes, absolutely. Like uh, fermented foods, like cheese, yeah, yogurt, 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 But if it's it, sauerkraut, it, but sauerkraut's not—that's not an issue because it's fermented with bacteria, not with mold.
1: Oh my uh, god! Okay, okay, okay. So many. So letters. that needs to be because I think there's a bit. Yeah. So that's confusing for a lot of people. So, and what about mushrooms?
0: Uh, yep, that's on the list. It's
1: on the list. It's on the no-no list. Okay, so but, but there's the, kimchi, a good, the there's bacteria, good or the, yeah, there's the sauerkraut's a, good. Okay.
0: Yeah, there's like lots of good material about that online. I mean, yeah, yeah. people can easily Google yeah, yeah. like closed- Low histamine, histamine diet. No okay. plan.
2: So and, interesting.
0: And then the next part is, so after we've got the diet cleaned up, low hist uh, antihistamine supplements or prescription medicines or over-the-counters, Then we also want to try to make sure that a person does not have mold toxins because the mold toxin is probably the most frustrating thing to try to get rid of. Mm -hmm. And so this is, there's a lab that we use in New York state. And there's also another lab that's not available in New York state that can be used to check a person or to check a living environment for mold toxins. And mold toxins are really like what the, what's going to cause the brain fog and difficulty concentrating and difficulty losing weight and abdominal gas and bloating.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, man, okay, and we can test that, hopefully, in and blood.
0: Test that with a urine sample. Oh, with a urine okay. sample. A urine sample. The lab we use is real-time labs in New York State. There's one outside of New York State, which is Great Plains Labs. Mm-hmm. And if a person has mold toxins, which everybody who's got a mold issue does have a mold toxin issue, then we got to sweat it out. Okay. Sawn is help.
2: Mm-hmm. Seven and, minutes. I learned that last yeah. time. Yep. Not yep. too you long. Got it. Not too sweat
0: long. for seven to eight minutes and then you're basically good. Okay. And then binding agents because mold toxins are to fat-soluble toxins and they like going into the body and sitting in areas that have fat. Okay. So that means literally where there's fat, but also in the brain and nervous system. And that's why people that get exposed to mold have such severe brain inflammation, because the mold toxin goes to the brain, and then it goes, like that's the numbness and tingling, it goes to the peripheral nerves too. And the only way to get that out is with binding agents that bind fat. So cholesterol-lowering agents that bind in the digestive tract, like cholestyramine and well actually are good for getting rid of mold toxins. Okay. Yep. And activate charcoal to a was going to ask degree, about charcoal. Okay. But, so well. does
2: that, that binds fat? I thought that just, it was like a
0: toxin. There's some mold toxins diet. that will bind, not all. Okay. And then the other one, uh, which we just learned about is okra. Really? Oh, I if can't a person stand wants to, okra.
2: No, me either. Ugh. People oh, like okra. Worst vegetable ever. Second eat it every day to get rid of your
0: effect. mold toxins.
1: Really? No, I would rather... I'll eat it pickled. Do blood blood I I eat, it. eat okra every day. If
0: you ever try cholestyramine, I think you'll like okra better. It's definitely uh-huh.
2: okay. better. <laughs> All right. We don't need I, to go further with that. Can we fry it? <laughs> Absolutely. I hope so, so. Okay. So, how long does it take to actually detoxify the mold? Yeah. God. I mean, are we talking like weeks and months or weeks Assuming and days? Assuming that
0: you've. If a person is a mild issue, they can start feeling better in months, like three, three to six. Wow. But it's really frustrating because it's partly getting rid of the, getting out of the ex- environment getting rid of the mold toxin through the binding, and then getting the nervous system to calm down because right. it's in like chronic overdrive. So how
1: do we get the nervous system to calm down once, say, we've done all of that?
0: So, and in fact, you asked the golden question. The interesting thing about detoxification is a person cannot be in fight or flight and rest, de- rest right. digest, and detox at the same time. That's so d- right. just as much as a person is going to be like, over agitated because of the mold toxin exposure activating the nervous system, it also shuts down detoxification because the body's in fight or flight.
1: Right. It's distracted.
0: So we always still like the things that help to calm the nervous system down are, you know, the obvious things, meditation, there's supplements like theanine and GABA. But then like there's really strong non-cognitive therapies that help with this. And when I say non-cognitive therapies for people aren't, that aren't aware, this is not about talking to relax the nervous system. This is about feeling and releasing. Okay. And people do this through like emotional freedom technique. Uh, my recent favorite is Reiki. Mm, Seems yeah. to work really well for this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there's.
2: Sorry, what is emotional freedom technique? Tapping. Oh, e- tapping oh, and the emotional I tapping. It, I never knew that's what that stood for. EMT. Yeah. EFT. Yeah. Or I just EFT, looked yeah. that up. Tapping is fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. Can osteopaths do anything?
0: Yeah, uh, the, not all. Well, well not but,
1: all, but the ones who, because I just saw one recently. And no, I mean, that was like a big part of it. It, it was yeah. very similar. It felt very similar. It was a lot of energy work, a lot of body work. It felt very similar to Reiki, but I'll let you.
0: Yeah, no, I. I. if you have a good osteopath, I'd like to know who that is, too. Because yeah. they're gold. I don't know too many in New York City. So. He's, he's pretty good. Okay, so he's gonna have to get his
2: own episode pretty soon. You're gonna I... talk about him a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, reveal some at some point, but yes, osteopaths I think are fantastic. They, yeah. They work on the body. You know, it's not just the physical body; it's also the uh, energetic body. And so it seems like you've had that good experience. So
1: yes, he's great. Oh, should we just give him a shout? Sure. Olivier Bros. Yes. God, Very I don't good. know Olivier Bros. Okay. Well, I will give you all of his information.
0: It's a he's a DO. Uh, Doctor of osteopathy? He's in... Or an osteopath?
1: Mm, now
2: you have me stumped. We'll have
1: to look. But he's in...
0: Off.
2: He's in the city. Okay. Yeah, cool. he's in
0: here. We'll figure it out.
2: And then Reiki. Okay, so you're saying the energy
0: energy work. So and then the n- other newest thing that we're doing for really severe chemically sensitive mold issues is something called Dynamic Neural Reprogramming Systems, DNRS. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a website called uh, retrainingthebrain.com by Annie Hopper. That's... And th-
1: Retrainingthebrain dot
0: Yep. Okay. Fascinating. And that's for people that nothing else is working for, and and I've seen that do miracles for really? people with terrible chemical sensitivities or fight or flight issues. It really helps, and it allows people to take it into their own hands.
2: Hmm. Even if you do like, if you're not quite at that extreme, is there some benefit to anybody looking into this retraining the brain? I'm just
0: it's probably a person doesn't have to do that type of level of commitment because okay. it is real. It's a, it's a program. Okay. And it's not cheap. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you give us an example of what actually happens just physically when you,
0: you know, actually I, I don't know cause You're I haven't talking. personally done it, but the, my a couple of my patients who have done it successfully, it's, it's basically she teaches a person how to have the right thoughts mm. f- around in a, in a, a feeling Okay. So, if a person's like all of a sudden getting anxious, she helps to a person to get prepared and have the thoughts mm. that will help to get out of that fight or flight so response. So it's a little
2: bit like like cognitive behavioral therapy, right?
0: A little it's bit. Sounds like, but, it, without, but it sounds more CBT than... is talking. Yeah. Right. Now it would be like CBT a person that does CBT giving instruction to a person to take home like a tool. Right. And then they do it on their own. Right.
1: Okay. This yeah. is amazing. That's interesting. Yeah. Such a connection. I know it really is. Okay. Fascinating. Okay. So, those are a lot of very tangible things that we can do to calm down the nervous
2: system. I like mm-hmm. it. Can we just talk about the good I was about for a to second? say, now it's time to like, because I want to just brighten I, things up a little bit. I really like cheese and mushrooms and beer. And
0: Fantastic. <laughs>
2: Not really beer, but and no. I love mushrooms.
0: It's, it's, it's good. All good. Unless a person had like a, mold sensitive allergy
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's
0: when you might not want to have so much or if a person has a yeast I was going to say so if
2: candida like a candida diet you have to eliminate all of these temporarily
0: Okay. you know we've become a lot less restrict uh, I, th- I have been seeing so much less candida than I used to it's really? crazy
1: wow what do you attribute that to
0: I think two things one is a lot less people are getting chronic antibiotics as kids mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that kind of stopped 10 years ago or oh. 5 years ago and then number two, and this is controversial, but I believe that people are, kids are not getting the Im- silver amalgam fillings anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, since then, we've been seeing a lot less candida issues. Really? There's a
2: connection there too?
0: Because th- that silver amalgam filling is over 50% mercury. Right. And for some people, they are sensitive to mercury, number one. So it's a direct allergy. And number two, there's always a little bit of mercury that gets into a person's system. And mercury... Is sequestered by Candida, oh, yeah. so it makes it more difficult for the immune system to
2: right. Okay,
0: get rid of. It. We I was wondering about if, mercury.
2: No, I know, but yeah. I was I didn't know I how it related. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't. Remember. I wasn't telling you. I was telling oh. people who are listening. There Just is another episode wanna, with Dr. Morrison on mercury.
1: In case you want to have a listen,
2: <laughs> but I didn't know about the connection to Candida. I was going to hypothesize that in conjunction with the decrease in childhood antibiotic use, we've also just, as a culture, I feel like embraced probiotics in a much larger way. So could that have anything to do with just like a drop in general yeah. candida? Probably. I mean, depending on which probiotics, because some of them are kind of BS, right?
0: Yeah, but some there's some, some are that are really good. good. Some yeah. of
1: them are really good, but then isn't there a lot of recent you know, stuff that's come out that says that probiotics, perhaps for some people— causing more harm than good
0: i I those people are the ones that are getting gas and i think it's pretty obvious they'll get gas and bloating with their probiotics right yeah i mean i don't i don't see people that are coming in like oh my god that probiotic was terrible like rarely Mm, right but there are some probiotics that are really good like vsl number three Mm -hmm. for inflammatory bowel disease yeah you know, now we're getting into Bacillus coagulans, which there's a couple companies that make products with this that has been really s- studied for gas and bloating and constipation.
1: Wait, so just to go back, so VSL three, which I've taken that, I've taken it. Is it something that you're supposed to take just, you know,
0: like one once course,
2: and be one and done, and, or well, they've is got, like got a the daily? mega, right? It's which like that 900 billion or
0: something that I would not recommend for very long, like a couple of days. But the the daily one is okay. Yeah. VSL three just went through reorganization, and they had to re. Uh, there's there's politics behind it, but it basically they came out with a diff, a newer, updated version of their VSL number three, oh. and I'm just waiting to see if it's as good as the original.
1: Okay, interesting. But the original VSL three, you would not recommend taking for longer than like a well,
0: the low potency person can take long term and have okay. no problems. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. I was recommended to do, like, one course of it. So basically finish, like, do one bottle, and then that was it when yeah. I was doing my whole, like, gut health yeah. protocol last year.
0: One of my patients got over-enthusiastic. I didn't see her for a year. She was still on it. Oh, She's boy. still fine. She's still fine. She's like, I will never stop this, and my bowels are so regular.
2: Oh. All right, BSL-3. For, Ooh, let's officially sponsor this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 well, so, okay, going back to the good, the good, good molds cheese. that we like. I mean, are there... Would you say that there are, like, can we talk about active benefits or is it more that they're just neutral and not harmful? Well,
0: or what are the benefits of eating mm-hmm. mushrooms?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the benefits of mold specifically, like of the
0: good mold. Well, so the good, oh my God. If you want a great immune boost, mm-hmm. mushrooms yes. are the best. Mm-hmm. So we're talking Reiki, shiitake, maitake. Reishi. Did I say Reishi? You said Reiki, Re- like the uh, practice. Oh, wow. Busted. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think I might need that. some Reiki.
1: Uh, We're going to the playback. Yeah.
2: Slimy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so definitely, these mu- mushrooms yeah. are medicinal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't know this. And so they're safe, and they can. If a person has candida, we've found that it's, the purified mushroom extracts are totally good. Okay. Uh, so it's good for cancer. It's good for immune boosting when a person's got a cold. Do you uh,
2: consume mushrooms on a regular basis, like medicinal mushrooms?
0: No hallucinogen,
2: not hallucinogenic psilocybin. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but just like, but just like, do you have a mushroom uh, component in your diet?
0: Uh, just whatever my wife makes. Like, but there are unfortunately not too many medicinal ones. You're talking about culinary.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got
0: it. And those are mo- fine for pe- most people. The ones that when I'm using mushrooms medicinally, I'm using it as a as a supplement mm-hmm. that has purified mushroom extract. Mm-hmm. Like, there's two different products that I usually recommend. One that's the purified extract, which is the beta uh, glucan molecule, or like just the uh, reishi that's been purified. Mm-hmm.
2: Cool.
1: Can we just sorry? Can we go back to cheese for a minute? Yes. <laughs> you got I just want to talk about this one. Cheese. So what what is the real harm with the mold? It's just it's so bizarre that we eat mold mm-hmm. in this way. It's just so directly.
2: Staring at you when you
1: when you're looking at a cheese
2: plate, well, specifically blue cheese, because you actually see it. Do You see it and like yeah, yeah but like it, Swiss cheese has holes in it because of mold. Oh, or no, that's bacteria. No,
0: right. Uh, I thought it was mold, but I'm not the expert on this. I think we're gonna have to get a okay. We'll have to, get we're gonna have to today. get a chef in here. <laughs> um, but uh, like with blue well, cheese, for example. But
1: yes, okay. But so this is not recommended to to. Con- we don't want to go there. So, I don't... Or in moderation. I don't know.
0: Many people eat cheese and they're not having problems. If a person has candida, then I'm usually recommending that they're not eating f- yeast-fermented foods or mold-fermented foods. Mm-hmm. So, that means that if a person has, like, gas and bloating, yeah, it's you... And so, the questions I'll ask, how do you feel when you have beer or wine? If there's bloating, there's almost certainly a yeast issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then I would give them do a bowel healing protocol mm-hmm. like glutamine and right probiotic and something to heal up the junk tight junctions and then at some point in the future they'll probably be able to start eating mushrooms again or mold like moldy cheese if yeah. they want if they right. want right now there's a difference between fermentation with mold and fermentation with bacteria which we alluded to earlier on which was
1: about the kimchi yeah the
0: kimchi and also yogurt which is fermented with bacteria right so those are okay
1: right bacteria is good mold
0: not so bacteria is mostly good mostly mold is can be good too
1: bacteria is its own kingdom too
0: <laughs> bacteria. Um,
1: it is right <laughs> yeah yeah okay just making sure I want to I want to make sure that I get my kingdoms right yes <laughs> because everyone thinks there's just plant and animal right we have bacteria we have mold fungi, fungi. Okay, well, this is very interesting. Oh, one thing I wanted to talk about was the laundry room and your washer and dryer. Mm. Because I think we always think about the bathroom and the kitchen and like these other sources of water. How do you, how do you, I mean, how do we get around this? I feel like I just got a new washer and dryer. Sorry, I'm being very practical here, but like, and I feel like there's a ton of mold in it already. Why do you feel that way? Because I think I can like smell it. Okay, well, oh,
0: so do you have a. Uh, is
1: mold the same as mildew? Yeah, okay. absolutely. yeah, it's all musty, moldy. Wait, moldy. so do
0: you have a, a, a ventilation that goes out of the apartment? Yes, it
1: goes out of the house. Oh,
0: well, that's so strange then.
1: Well, because water builds up in like the cylinder.
0: Okay, so do you close your cylinder when you're done?
1: I try not to and every time I see it closed I get very upset because yeah, then it when it when I open it I get like a waft of like mildew. Yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. That's, that's,
2: so what do you do at that point? You got to clean it right. out. What do I do? You
0: can try to clean it with like uh this
2: You can like there's like a cycle you can run yeah. to actually clean yeah, but the washer. You know, that
0: doesn't work.
2: Well, you that's can start really with that
0: effective. even I mean you got to tr- wipe it clean, keep it really dry. Yeah.
1: So uh, God, it's so upsetting because then all of the things that you... And,
0: the, and then when you try to clean it up, you know, you're using a fungicide. Right. You can buy that and then you want to keep your nose out of it but like you got to stick your head in there in order to get right. get it yeah. clean and it's... It's, it's, you gotta be just careful with that.
1: Uh, A lot of like, and then you're introducing like a whole new group of like toxic chemicals into your cleaning right now. People are just douse it with bleach, be done with it. But that's just like, oh God, it's hard to get rid of mold. It is Uh, nearly impossible. I had a friend who had to literally sell her house. She had limes actually. Yeah. And she discovered, she's like, I feel horrible in this house. She discovered that she had all this mold in the basement, in the ceiling of the basement. And she did everything in her power to get rid of it and after like over a year of trying finally was like i we just have to sell this house terrible yeah
0: yeah we we just had a a young family who just got there they just got married they bought the home of their dreams a Mm fixer-upper within six months she was having strange neurologic problems (gasps) asthma couldn't figure out what it was it like took us literally a year and a half to like track it all down. She knew that there was mold, but she couldn't believe that it was affecting her health that much right and then when she would go and stay with her mothers, her symptoms got better when she went back she, her symptoms got worse. she was starting to get the brain fog symptoms okay. and anxiety mm-hmm. and then finally, I'm like, your blood tests show that you have inf- chronic inflammatory syndrome that you are about ready to like be in terrible shape. She decided to spend a month with her mother and all of her symptoms got better. Wow. And so now, her and her husband are staying at the beach at their parents' uh, beach house. She's feeling a lot better. What does she do with her home? She can't go home. She literally can't Cause go Because it's home. like, that was like all their money went into oh, wow. that house.
2: So, oh, God. We all just need to move the desert, I guess, right? I, Is that the answer? <laughs> Yeah. It definitely helps. Although, actually, my mom lives in Arizona, and she had a mold issue in her very dry house. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So, my question is, if people who are listening do not normally go to a functional medicine practitioner such as yourself, are they able to... like? Obviously, listening to all this information is super helpful just to empower people to ask the right questions. But are these tests available just anywhere? Like you can ask your doctor or you can get some of these tests online for the environmental stuff.
0: So if you do home mold testing, which you can do on your own, you can do it certainly without a doctor's uh, prescription. Just be prepared that if it comes up positive, you're responsible for remediating it. Right. So but those tests are available, the ERMI test, the home mold test kit, and then there's you know, home uh, uh, mold inspectors. As far as the blood tests, uh, most, maybe an allergist might be tuned into this a little bit, but they'll just do the IgE or skin testing, the IgE blood test, the the skin testing, and that is only measuring allergy to mold. It's not measuring mold, mold toxin. toxin. Okay. And it's also not measuring a chronic inflammatory response to mold exposure. And that's, that's where people that are really sick, where they're having chemical sensitivities, brain fog, fatigue, so, irritability. Yeah. So when, how do
2: they get those tests?
0: Functional medicine doctor.
2: They yeah. they have to go that route. Okay.
0: There's because mo- the the tests are oftentimes specialty labs, right? And it's not easy to just do it at a, a doctor's office that isn't prepared to do it. Mm-hmm. But if a but maybe if a person brought this up with their their conventional doctor or whoever right. they're seeing they may take some interest in it and then learn how to do the testing, which is like C four A, MMP nine, C D fifty seven, and then real time labs, urine mycotoxin tests. Like these are tests that people should be able to do.
1: Okay. So when you do when you do this test and you see these inflammation mark like can you directly connect that to mold? Or, like, how do you know the inflammation is from the mold? No,
0: that's, yeah, I'll tell you, it is, you're connecting a lot of dots and then you're trying to infer the diagnosis. Right. It's not easy. And, right. and I mean, that's also why there's a huge problem here because uh, landlords are denying it. Right. Doctors are not easily figuring this out. Juries can't always put it together when they're patient, these people are trying to get insurance reimbursements. Four home mold issues. Well, because right. you could
2: say the inflammation is due to your diet or right.
1: your it, yeah. Whatever.
2: But I mean, I guess that's the point here: is you just have to like cover all of your bases, do all of these environmental tests, and as best as possible, just yep. you know, have a really thorough
0: and then doctor do in the best you can
2: conversation, and mm. use process of elimination. and... But it's worth it. I it mean, is totally it, worth it, it. It sounds like you, it's worth teasing all this out. I'm going to order some of these tests right now just uh, just to make sure. Yeah. I Just, you know, peace of mind. <sighs> well, I can away. see on my, like, I
1: know there's mold. Okay. There's definitely mold in my shower. Every time I go in there, I get itchy eyes.
0: Well, hopefully it's just mildew. I mean, it's... But mildew is,
1: but isn't that just... Yeah, but, but that's toxic. easier to clean. Okay.
0: Than like a mold behind your shower. Ah. Uh,
1: yeah. Eh. I feel like it's like Ooh. in the pipes.
0: Ugh. How do you
1: get rid of it if it's like in the pipes?
0: Well, it's it wouldn't be actually in the so pipes, but it's behind the wall yeah. is really the issue. All right. So lesson learned. We're gonna
2: do some tests. We're gonna And then just, we're,
1: gonna and we're gonna get the results, cry and
2: have a <laughs> bottle of wine and, and have plate. some beer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um well, as always, this has been so incredibly helpful and informative. And I hope that everybody who's listening has learned quite a bit. And if they have questions, they're probably going to come to you. So I hope their phone lines are open.
0: Yeah, but and also there's lots of doctors that uh, are doing integrative or functional medicine. And certainly that would be the type of doctor that does this. Uh, It's But you just call and ask if they understand how to take care of mold illness.
1: Yeah, and there are some functional medicine doctors that will work remotely. I mean, they will work with you. You don't have to be in the same state or the same city. So they are sort of available to
2: everyone. Yeah. Right, everybody do your research.
1: Okay, well, this is fascinating. Thank you so
2: much. I am, can't wait to have you back and scare people some more. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, well,
0: thank you both for having me. It's always a pleasure. You guys are the bestest of the yeah. best. Aw,
2: thanks, man. Thanks, Dr. Marzis. <laughs> thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at htwpodcast. You can also head to our website
1: at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.